this heck-a-slam an episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast, we dive headfirst into disc two of the Sign of the Times album. We're going to be discussing You Got the Look, the hit duet with Sheena Easton. And joining me to talk about the song's lyrics again is Jerry Bonner. Welcome back to the show, Jerry. Thank you, Jason. Always a pleasure to uh, to be on your podcast. I enjoy it uh, quite uh, quite a great deal. So thank you again for having me. You bet. You bet. So, yeah, you got the look as the song we're doing today. It was a pretty big hit um, for Prince in 1987. It technically was the, the biggest, the most successful single off Sign of the Times album, at least in the United States. I don't think you got the look made quite the same splash in other markets. But over here in the U.S., it was it was big. It was all over MTV. I remember seeing the music video quite often on MTV, and it was... It was up for quite a few MTV Music Video Awards in 1987, so it, it definitely made its mark on popular culture. Went to number two on the charts and was the highest charting single from the album. So congratulations to Prince on success of a song that was added kind of at the 11th hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was surprised too. I, I knew it was big and I, I remember it, you know, like just like you said as well, being kind of everywhere. Um you know, with that, that summer specifically, and then, you know, in, maybe into the, the early fall, um, which I, you know, I have a little bit of a, a story about, but, um, yeah, I was surprised too. I mean, I, I didn't realize that it had gone to two in the, you know, on the charts here. Usually it seemed that way, especially in that era, like it was almost reversed. Like a lot of the Prince songs would go, would chart higher overseas or in Europe. And then they, they didn't, you know, they were a bit lower here, but that one, it was seemed to be reversed for some reason. And yeah, it was up for a couple Grammys and a couple MTV awards. And I think even a soul train award. So that's always good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very popular song at the time. And, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of it is due to the, the music video is very fun. Um, Sheena Easton's co-vocals on it are appealing to for a lot of people i mean it's it's kind of a polarizing song today it seems like but back back in 1987 i didn't know a lot of people that didn't like it they all thought it was pretty great uh right now though i think uh, in hindsight a lot of a lot of folks tend to gravitate more towards the more um complicated the more uh, introspective songs on the album you got the look is just kind of like a fun danceable kind of rock pop song uh it has its it has its merits but it's not the deepest <laughs> it's not the deepest track well no it. yeah i mean definitely I not i mean you know there's no there's very little uh how should we say it subtext here so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. basically you're hot and i want to have sex with you let's go that's basically what it should be you know and that's the <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much what's going on in this song here and yeah it doesn't you know measure up to say you know, if I was your girlfriend or, or, you know, or ballad of uh, Dorothy Parker, you know, in terms of, you know, kind of, uh, amb you know, ambiguity or subtext or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, great song. And I, I you know, every time it's on, it's, it's definitely one you want to turn up. You know, there's no two ways about that. And, you know, yes, Sheena Easton, uh, brings definitely something to it, both in terms of her, you know, vocal ability and, you know, and in the video, you know, the, how she, how she looks. I mean, you know, she's definitely an attractive, uh, woman and you know she brought something to that video for sure so yeah 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 and the music video is interesting because it's kind of like its own separate entity from the sign of the times movie even though it was sort of shoehorned into the plot uh into the right, concert right, film yeah. but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't recorded or filmed at the same time as the rest of the music that was included in that movie yeah which yeah, they shoehorn it out. They do with that thing with, I guess, like Cat is obviously annoyed at the the uh, the attention that Prince is, you know, kind of giving to Sheena Easton suddenly, and she's trying to pull him away, and you know that, you know, adding to the kind of the overarching little thing that was going on in the movie. But yeah, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's like a dream sequence. He, right, right, yeah, dreaming. Right. Well, yeah, he falls asleep and has this, like, you know whatever you want to call it, little, little sexy dream that he has. And <laughs> which explains help ex helps explain why Sheena only is in the movie for this one song and not part of the entire overarching plot line that goes through sign of the times movie, which is pretty thin to begin with, but sure. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it was recorded or it was, uh, the video was recorded, recorded. It was filmed 
while Prince was on tour for the Sign of the Times tour in Europe, because that's a tour that never made it to the United States. It was Europe only. Um, plans to come to the U.S. were scrapped, and he started working on Love Sexy. Um, and uh, the end result was that, you know, this, well, we got was a movie instead of a, a, concert, a concert or, a, you know, a tour. Right. Um, which, you know, it's a nice compromise, I guess, because the movie is something unique that Prince didn't do a lot of in his career to make concert films like this. So I'm glad, I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he decided to do something for his U S fans at the time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it would, you know, I, the movie has definitely grown on me. Like I remember, you know, as a kid watching it, you know, as a teenager and when it came out and liking it, cause you know, I liked the album, but yeah, it didn't, you know, I, I you know, just didn't seem to kind of gel i guess in a lot of ways but now like watching it as an adult i i do enjoy it a, a good bit more and it's you know and you don't really you know speaking to this song specifically you don't really get to see people driving down the road with a chandelier over their car all that often so that's always a sight i'm sure i'm sure the people in paris were like you know when they saw that they like you know what happened what's going on in here you know it's uh, who does that and you know that's well the answer is prince apparently so the answer is Prince, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the song is also notable, I think, for Prince utilizing his Camille persona, uh, which is intriguing to me because this song was not intended for the Camille project that he had planned for 1986. So he recorded, uh, I think, like eight songs, and he had the, the album all pressed and ready to go, and then there was a last-minute decision to, to, to pull that project. Um, and so he had this alter ego, this Camille alter ego. And of course he had his, uh, sped up, pitched up vocals that kind of were the through line for all the songs. And that was already kind of come and went, came and went before Prince recorded. You got the look in December of 1986. It was technically the last song recorded for the album sign of the times. And, you know, and, and part of me always kind of wondered why, why did he even record this song? He had that he had that triple crystal ball set to pull songs off of to pare it down to create Side of the Times. I mean, he was told by his record label, "We're not releasing this three album set. You gotta you gotta pare it down." So he had obviously more than enough songs to make a double album without having to record anything new. But he felt, I guess, compelled to get back in the studio and knock out one more one more song to put on the final configuration of sign of the times. And that ended up being, you got the look. This is the only song that ended up on the album that wasn't already part of the crystal ball project, which is kind of a unique little footnote for this track. And I guess the way I think of it, I think because of how radio friendly it is, how pop friendly it is, how commercial sounding it is, I think he was vying for, you want another potential smash hit for the album. That, that's my theory. Of course, it's not substantiated by any kind of facts or, any, or anything, but that's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, uh, no, I, I would tend to agree. I mean, I, I, that seems, you know, highly plausible, highly likely, I would think. You know, I think maybe, you know, he was maybe showing, you know, you know the, the executives who were telling him, you know, what to do again, which he obviously didn't really like. Um, you know, it's all right. Well, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to show you guys, I'm going to do this too. And I'm going to put this really, you know, great song on this, you know, this two, two album thing now. And, you know, and just to show you that, you know, I'm still Prince and I can still do this. I can pretty much do this at will. You know, he said that in other songs too, you know, other lyrics, you know, and he's bragged about, you know, how, you know, how good he is at writing, you know, these kind of songs if he wants to. And I think that, yeah, that fits into that, you know, that wheelhouse, like you had just kind of described, that would be. You know, I'm, I'm not obviously him and I can't speak for him or I'm not in his head, but that, that seems to be, you know, a, a, what I would think as, as well. You know, just uh, one of those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I'll show there, you guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, and there's an anecdote that I found on the internet um, relating to the song. And I guess, you know, the, if you remember back in 1986, there was that big hit by Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love gonna have to face the choice to love yeah and you had the video with the models all kind of moving in sync so that has a a very i would say kind of similar somewhat similar 
distorted guitar sound to it. It's like the crunchy distorted guitars. And it was a pop smash for Robert. And um, allegedly how the story goes, and I'll just read the quote. A friend of mine, this is Prince. This is a Prince's quote. A friend of mine used to jump up and dance whenever Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love came on. As a test, this song was recorded. This song, meaning you got the look, was recorded to find out if the friend would dance to a similar groove or just chill because it wasn't a hit. Sure enough, the friend didn't like the song until it ended up in the top 10. <laughs> so uh, I think there you yeah, go. Yeah. a little That's, bit see, there of you a, go. That, that pretty much yeah, solidifies yeah. that whole. I, I want to make a hit. I wonder who the friend was, but uh, yeah, yeah sure. he doesn't. He doesn't say. <laughs> doesn't make you wonder though. It does. But yeah, so he basically recorded it to make a smash hit. Yeah. And uh, and any parallels that you hear to "Addicted to Love" are intentional. Are intentional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, no, that was another song. I mean, that was you know everywhere. I mean, yeah. it really was. You couldn't you know you couldn't turn on the radio or the TV without you know seeing something of it. It's it's you know for a couple months there, it was one of those type of songs where I mean, again, it was yeah, it was just everywhere. So it certainly was. And then how originally it was also intended just to be a Prince song. Like he didn't write it with Sheena's vocals or even anybody else's vocals in mind. It was originally written to just be a solo Prince song. But I guess um, he ran into Sheena because, of course, the two, he had written her a big hit back in 1984 with Sugar Walls. So obviously they knew each other and um, they met at Sunset Sound Studios in California and uh he just like hey you want to come over here and record some backup vocals or you know some co-vocals so she agreed and the rest is history i guess the rest is history yeah it wasn't wasn't intentional it just kind of happened sometimes you know those those happy accidents uh, are the you know are for the best they work out you know to your to your great advantage and this you know that definitely uh in this case i think yeah she definitely brought a lot to the song i mean i don't think it, you know it's not, not to say it wouldn't have been a hit with, without her but i think it definitely helped in a lot of ways so yeah yeah agreed agreed especially since a lot of the lyrics kind of speak to a like a push-pull dynamic between sure. man well, and know, woman we're going to talk about it, the world series <laughs> of love right <laughs> exactly so it, it really it really makes sense to have um, another vocal on it, a woman vocal. And of course that kind of re sparked the, the collaboration that Prince and Sheena would have for the next few years with him writing songs for a future album of hers and including the, the song one Oh one, which is a, it's a great song. And then I, of course the arms of Orion, which was a duet between the two of them on the Batman soundtrack in 1989. So this wasn't a one-off either. It's not like they collaborated again and, late 86 for this song and then never saw each other again um there was this continued their professional relationship um, yeah no no doubt and then, you know, it's, i had found i mean you know in doing kind of re background for this you know podcast i i had always assumed that they were dating at some point but she you know she, sheena emphatically kind of denies that that they were just friends and you know there was uh but it seemed like they had something I would have thought, but just knowing, you know, Prince's reputation, you know, in, in that realm as well. So yeah, but she denies that they ever had any kind of real relationship beyond professional. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yep. I've read the same thing. So yeah, that's interesting. And, uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up with this song, we are talked about kind of the distorted crunchy guitars and how that makes the song kind of sound unique and gives it its own, unique spin but we also have sheila e's timbales to thank for its unique sound uh, that that is kind of a, a thing that prince really didn't incorporate a lot into his music was that kind of latin flavor which over a very non latin sounding song it just i don't know it just adds some unique elements to it from a musical standpoint so combine Camille vocals, Sheena Easton, uh, you've got Tavales, you've got distorted guitars, you've got the, the Lynn drum machine, you, and you've got some really kind of interesting lyrics with a lot of slang, <laughs> a lot of 80s slang. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Makes for, makes for a, a nice time capsule song in Prince's career. No doubt. Yeah, it's just that it's... Um... It's definitely singular in, in a lot of ways. I, I think um, 
it does a lot of things, you know, you wouldn't think maybe would be successful, but obviously, you know, worked out, you know, for the best. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a weird amalgamation of things and, you know, and you wouldn't particularly think that, you know, maybe they would go together, you know, maybe they wouldn't be two great tastes that taste great together kind of thing. And, but they, they clearly, clearly were. Yeah. So the song starts out, uh, after a little bit of music, we get the first vocals you hear is, Prince slash Camille kind of whispering, here we are, folks, the dream we all dream of. Boy versus girl in the World Series of Love. Tell me, have you got the look? So uh, it's just interesting the way he whispers it and not sings it. Or I mean, it's a, it's a whisper spoken intro. So, but he, but he is not just speaking it clearly out loud. He, it almost sounds a little bit um, sinister in some ways. Like he's, I don't know, I. Well, yeah, it's, it's just like he's sharing a secret with you, or like kind of like you know, getting you on the sly in a sense, like telling you maybe something he doesn't want to tell everybody else for some reason, or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the way I, I interpret it, at least, it's you know, exactly, or, you know, and th- yeah, of course, then that's the, you know, I remember the first time hearing this song and back in the day, and you know that that World Series of Love, obviously, you know, stuck with me. You know, to hear that, and it's like, hmm, okay, you know, that really, you know, it's a kind of interesting you know, little lyrical, you know, turn of phrase that, uh, you know, obviously made me, you know, kind of smile and think, oh, you know, cause I was playing, I played, you know, baseball in, in high school and, and up and through, you know, my college years. So him making that reference to, you know, adding baseball to this kind of song made me, you know, I was like, oh, maybe appreciate Prince a, a little more, you know, than I already did, which was quite a bit. So that's quite mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a feat there, I would think. But yeah, that World Series of Love, you know, obviously stuck with me. You know, I, I've used it myself still to this day. Sometimes I'll, I'll throw it out there just for, you know, just for fun. So because it's, you yeah. know, it's just a cool little phrase. Yeah, and a couple things about that line is one, the his hometown team, the Minnesota Twins, ended up playing in the World Series that fall in nineteen eighty seven. So that, so yeah. I don't know if that was kismet or if he had some sort of luck going on there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they ended up in the actual World Series. And the other thing about calling it boy versus girl world series of love is that it kind of implies that there's some sort of battle going on. Like there's some competition. Um, and I, it's, I don't know. It's just like when you're thinking of uh, a kind of a fun relationship song, it's like, what is, what is the competition? Like, I don't, I don't quite understand what they're competing for. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting way of thinking about, trying to pick up somebody at a club it's it's, i don't you don't normally think of it in the terms of like a competition unless you're competing against other men for this woman's affection but that's not what he says yeah no he's yeah it's obviously boy versus girl here and um yeah i mean you know i i don't i completely agree with you obviously a good relationship shouldn't be contestuous or it shouldn't be a battle (laughs) Um, right. but there are a lot of relationships that, I mean, you look at couples and it's like, how are these people still together? They argue constantly. It does. And it does seem like that, you know, boy versus girl, you know, kind of a, a you know, dynamic and, uh, you know, I don't quite understand that and, you know, never wanted to be in any kind of relationship like that, but there are a lot of people who are, so there you go. Yeah. But apparently it's the dream we all dream of. So. Well, not really, but yeah. According to Prince it is. Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe he liked it that way, but I, I can tell you that I sure don't. But yeah. <laughs> no, neither do I. Yeah. You walked in, I woke up. I've never seen a pretty girl look so tough, baby. You got that look. I call you peach and black. Call me taking her back. Crucial. I think I want you. All right, so then the first real verse after that little spoken word intro, we get uh, Prince singing, You walked in, I woke up, I never seen a pretty girl look so tough. You got that look. Color you peach and black, color me taken aback, crucial, I think I want you. Um, okay, so like right off the bat with the whole I, you walked in, I woke up, I get the imagery from the movie, which, of course, I did not. Well, not of course, but I did not see the Sign of the Times movie when it was released in theaters in 1987. I think it had a pretty limited run. Uh, My small town theater definitely did not carry this movie for any amount of time. Yeah, it it only ran in, I would say it ran in Philly. And back then that was real 
you know, that was quick. It was maybe two weekends, like two weeks. And then it was out of theaters. It wasn't, and it wasn't like everywhere, like a big release typically. I mean, you know, it was kind of, I think, you know, after, uh, under the cherry moon, obviously didn't do so well. I I think maybe, uh, a lot of theaters and, you know, the movie company themselves would probably not super prime to, uh, you know, put this out there or, you know, the, didn't get the marketing push that something, you know, you think that Prince, some, a star of Prince's caliber would, it was kind of like almost, you know, slipped into theaters and kind of slipped out, you know, pretty quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. But one thing that it did do is Prince liked a lot of like literal, like to put some literal imagery into his music videos uh, and what he does in this song. And thankfully the music video, which was pulled right from the movie kind of shows Prince nodding off there in his dressing room chair. So you're instantly kind of taken um, or given the, uh, the, the concept of this being a little bit of a dream. So you walked in, I woke up, woke up from the dream you were having, woke up from kind of being in a, in a stupor or daze because now I'm seeing this, this beautiful woman that has just kind of like opened my eyes, so to speak. So it can be considered literal and also figuratively, I woke up, you know? <clears throat> well, yeah, you, you, he, you know, you, you came in the room and you got my attention. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you're so, you know, beautiful, so gorgeous, so whatever, you know, and in the term, you know, uh, you know, that, uh, that I couldn't help but notice you. It does, you know, boom, I'm, I'm instantly attracted to you. And, you know, there it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And so he tells, or, you know, he's telling us, I've never seen such a pretty girl look so tough, which I thought was always kind of interesting as well. Like the whole, kind of gave me vibes of like this tough chick. Um, and when I think of, at least back in the day, like the, the, the tough girls were like the, the punks or the rocker chicks, you know, the ones that had the leather on and looked like they would, you know, whip out a switchblade if you <laughs> said the wrong thing to them. Sure, yeah, That's they would the... <laughs> they would punch you in the face as soon as or you know as soon as or better than kiss you or something like that. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, those are the well, tough girls. Yeah, I thought of, but that's not really the the image we get of Sheena Easton in the video. She doesn't no. come. Up, I mean, you so tough could just Sheena be an Easton, attitude. But yeah, she's uh, she definitely doesn't look tough. <laughs> yeah, so it's not so much. I don't think it's necessarily so much about her look or like with the things that she would do. It's more about just kind of a maybe just a bit of an attitude. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that. it's more. She does in the video even you know does project that kind of aloof attitude maybe that you know kind of you know kind of equating that in a sense she seems very kind of not into the, all the attention that the prince is kind of laying on her in the song uh, and video so yeah you know I, I think maybe we can equate it that way her attitude yeah. is more yeah you know that that of being tough or you know putting up like a you know a defense in a sense yeah 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 for sure because those lyrics further in the song that that really kind of um corroborate that theory sure uh then you've got the reference to peach and black which of course kind of usurped purple for a while there and in in the prince world as being the signature colors it certainly were the signature colors for the sign of the times era uh so there wasn't you know there wasn't purple any everywhere anymore now the whole color scheme and aesthetic that he was projecting was peach and black but this is really the first reference of that. So it's, I think it's something that maybe he came across or thought of kind of late in the game, like when it was still crystal ball really wasn't a thing. But then when he wrote this song and he started maybe thinking of new direction for the album, you know, he was in the midst of paring it down. It's like, I can't, I've got to come up with something else. And maybe he really liked, the line here and like yeah peach and black so that's that's going to be those are going to be my colors that's going to be the 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 way that we go from an aesthetic standpoint for this album he wanted his concert goers to wear peach and black to the sign of the times on the sign of the times tour in europe that was one of the things wear peach and black to the shows uh, not that it was mandatory, of course, but you know he was trying to, <laughs> trying to incur. Like, we'll turn away anybody. Who yeah, can you know, imagine that? Yeah, that would that would have been a fun show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turning away people who are not wearing peach and black. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, it definitely, you know, that aesthetic was you know prevalent, and it should be. Yeah, it seems like I mean, since this is the the last um, 
recorded song for this. It seems like something he came to, you know, at the end of that cycle, you know, when December there, when he was recording it. And, you know, and obviously Peach and Black rhymes with uh, Taken Aback pretty good, uh, pretty well. So, uh, but I, I had a bit, I mean, and Gene Easton obviously wears Peach and Black in, in the video as well. And, um, I, I, but I, you know, had one thought on it, it basically being that, you know, could it be? You know, I, yeah, it had deals with that, but I, I, even as a kid, I remember thinking this before seeing, you know, maybe the video or hearing the song first, that referring to more how she looked, like her skin is peach and her hair is black, or maybe referring to some sort of racial thing or, you know, kind of ethnicity. That's, I remember thinking that, you know, sure. uh, upon hearing well, it. And knows, that's really the only... woman. Yeah, right. And I mean, she didn't have black hair, but I mean, obviously, you know, that... Um, I don't know. I just, you know, so that was what I had originally thought. Uh, I remember having that distinct thought is, you know, referring to what she's wearing or, or just how she looks overall, like, you know, what, you know, her skin or her hair or, you know, her ethnicity were, were giving that, you know, vibe that, you know, she was looking that way or peach skin, black hair or something of that nature. So yeah. that's or know. just like black clothes or something like that. Right. Yeah, right. For sure. For sure. Yep. Um, that's absolutely valid. And then the last line, crucial, I think I want you. So little did either, any of us know in 1987 when this album came out that there was already a song called Crucial that Prince had recorded, had intended for Crystal Ball. And then when Sign of the Times came about, it's like, all right, that didn't make the cut. So, and at this point, Prince already knew, probably already knew that he wasn't going to include Crucial. Or maybe he was still trying to figure that out. And maybe he was trying to come up with a, you know, a connection or a through line between You Got the Look and the song Crucial that might have ended up on Sign of the Times until he decided that it wasn't going to anymore. So we've got a line, because Crucial is not a, a word that is commonly used in lyrics. And we hadn't really heard it yet in Prince lyrics. So I don't think it's a coincidence that Prince included this line here. Crucial. I think I want you uh, a few months after he recorded a song called crucial that ended up not being on the album. So uh, whether it's a callback to that song, whether it's just a way that he wanted to make the connection between the two songs with the hope that they would both be on the album, but then decided not to, I'm not sure, but can't hear that line and not think of the song crucial. At least I don't. No, I, you know, I, I completely agree. Um, and again, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that, um, you would hear normally. I mean, it wasn't like a slang word, you know, you walked around in your high school hall saying, you know, crucial. I mean, it would, it would, you would think it would be, you know, something maybe, um, you know, you would hear maybe in like an eighties movie of that time, like, you know, people would use, you know, words to mean, uh, you know something else totally, out of it. totally yeah. tubular i think I yeah that's right i mean you know that was what the hell does that mean you know nobody i still to this day i have no idea what being tubular means quite frankly exactly. and the uh, <laughs> so yeah um you know and um i mean he uses it you know in a door too he uses the word you know crucial mm -hmm. and stuff like that so i mean that's on the you know obviously on the album too it ends up you know the condition I got is is crucial, and you know that whole thing. So yeah, obviously it was a word that I guess was in his brain, and he you know was using it in various places. A lot of things were crucial to him, I suppose. So yeah. uh, you know that very would be crucial time for him. In a very crucial time, yes, very good, yes. <laughs> he was trying to make crucial happen, and it didn't work. Yeah, he clearly was. Right? It's, yeah, it's like you know from you know, Mean Girls, it fetches. Crucial's not going to happen, Prince. <laughs> nope, Stop trying to make it happen. Yeah, obviously that word, I guess, you know, I get that way. I mean, you, you write too, and I write, and sometimes you just get turns of phrase or words kind of stuck in your head that, you know, and then you, you know, you, you read over your piece, and it's like, why did I use this word like three or four times? And then you have to, you know, it's like, why is that in my head? So it seems like maybe that word was in his, you yeah. know, in his vernacular at the time, just in his head, and he, he needed to uh, express uh, how crucial things were for, for him or to him. So there you go. You know what else didn't catch on? What's heck that? A slam, heck a slam. Heck a slam. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. never quite caught on either. So, yeah. the, so the chorus is the body's heck a slamming, man. I, I don't think I ever said that one to a girl, and if I did, she probably would have slapped me. <laughs> no, right, right. <laughs>
course is you've got the look, you've got the hook. You show enough doobie cooking in my book. Your face is jamming, your body's hecka slamming. Love is good, let's get to ramming. You got the look, you got the look. Okay, so the chorus is a little silly. <laughs> let's just let's just put it out there. It's a little silly, and it's silly for the reasons like for the for the addition of hecka slamming instead of just saying hella slamming or slamming because he had to add that extra those extra syllables to make it work. Yeah. Hecka slamming is kind of a silly phrase. Uh, show enough doobie cooking that sounds kind of silly um you know to use ramen uh, as a crude euphemism for sex <laughs> i don't know just the whole thing it's 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 easily sung you can easily sing it along to it there's a lot of simple rhyming going on jam and slam and ramen yeah, um, yeah. that's what that, that seems to be more the the thought i i think more than we're trying i to should do. hope so <laughs> yeah it's it's more about the rhyme scheme and how it sounds like you know when you're singing along to it you know, it's not, again, as I said, it's, you know, this song's about, you know, hey, you're hot, you know, let's uh, go have sex. I mean, really, it's it's that simple, and that, you know, the chorus crystallizes that more more than anything. Yeah. So. Bass is jamming, so, you know, we have to use Love context good, clues. Let's get ramen. Yeah, you know. Context clues tells us jamming in this, con- in this song means she's gorgeous, you know, she's really sure. hot, beautiful. Yeah. And, and ramen, of course, is going to refer to sex, as I already mentioned, and yeah. her body's slamming, well... You know, she's got she's got it all basically. She's got. I actually though, what's funny about that, and you know, the part when Sheena Easton sings that, you know, let's get to ramen, always kind of makes me cringe. It's like I have a feeling she probably didn't want to sing that line. <laughs> In my mind, at least, it's like, oh, it's like it doesn't. Say, it's when Prince says it, it's fine. But when she says it, it's like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't work for me. But okay, yeah, we got we have expectations of of our pop stars, and when Prince, yeah, I guess says, that was it crude things it's like yeah well of course that's just yeah, what he course. does but uh yeah it's a little it does sound a little awkward especially since ramen kind of implies a bit of more of a i don't know the male perspective thrusting the oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah right that's, yeah when she that's again yeah she says let's get the ram and a, a woman typically wouldn't say that but then again she did sing sugar walls with really out any trepidation so yeah no she's <laughs> i guess she, she was game she, i guess she was good to go she knew it was down for whatever when it came to singing songs yeah. uh, written by written by prince let's yeah. put it that way <laughs> so yeah this is this is a just uh in case it wasn't clear this chorus is sung by the both of them um right, right. it's actually more sheena's vocals are more in the at least when i think of the chorus i think of her vocals more than his prince's vocals uh, i think he's in there i mean he's definitely in there as well but her voice just kind of comes out more to me when i'm listening to the uh to the chorus myself right go back to um, the, the verses and Prince ad-libs a little bit of look here or it sounds like an ad-lib at least you got the look and this is where I'll just preface this by saying this is where the two of them kind of combine like Prince says the line and then Sheena's got the the echo um, line behind him right you got the look you must have took a whole hour just to make your face baby closing time ugly lights everybody's inspected but you are a natural beauty, unaffected. Did I say an hour? My face is red. I stand corrected. And then you get the I stand corrected. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. This, this I, I really like this verse, uh, Jerry. Do, what do you think about it? No, it's 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 yeah. It, as the verses go, yeah, it's it's probably the best um, in the song. It, it just it's a lot of fun, and obviously the the interplay between their voices, you know, works uh, very well. And it's just uh, you know kind of a fun, playful thing, yeah. And you know, it, and Prince, you know, calling out the, uh, you know, the closing time antics. You know, you've been dancing with a, a woman all night and in the dark, and then the lights come up, and you're like, whoa, what's what am I doing here? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun to hear that kind of little, you know, because I think that's happened to uh, both men and women. You know, you, you, when the lights oh, absolutely, come up, yeah. When the lights come up at the end of the night, and you're like, 
damn, you're not as good looking or you're, you weren't what I thought you were kind of at the moment. And, <laughs> you know, I think we've all been there for, for that at some it's point. absolutely what he's referencing. Yep. Yeah, most certainly. And, uh, but, you know, and they, then he's saying, well, no, it doesn't affect you. You're so good looking, you know, and maybe it's because you take, you know, you need an hour to make up your face. And it's like, nah, maybe you don't. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm just being, you know, foolish here. And, you know, you're just, you're just a natural beauty, you know, mm-hmm. unaffected, clearly. Yeah, he's definitely trying yeah. to compliment her there by right. saying, like, originally thinking, oh, wow, you're so beautiful. It must have taken you forever to get to this level of beauty. It's like, oh, nope, never mind. I'm seeing you in the, yeah, yeah. In the, the natural the, the, the harsh lights. lights of, yeah. The harsh yeah. lights of 2 a.m. don't even affect you. You're still damn fine. You know, that's basically uh, what he's saying there. And, you know, yeah, it's it's just, it, it's, you said, it's the most lyrically fun, I think, playful part of the of the song for sure in my mind and you know again nothing you know super deep but you know the way he phrases it and the way it's sung and said again with that back and forth thing make it you know um you know make it just very cool yeah i like it's uh, to me it's pretty clever i think it's a very clever way of just kind of pushing forward the uh the, the the concept or the theme of the the lyrics which is a man and woman meeting in a club and their interplay you know like kind of the um the dance that they do not necessarily the literal dance but like the the um what am i trying to say the uh more like a mating you know kind the of the mating thing. dance yes yeah, exactly. Right. exactly a mating ritual in a sense we all you know we still have them either even though we don't really say it in those terms but yes we we definitely have our own uh, mating rituals still in, you know, in, in our world, in the, the Western world, for sure. So, yeah, and there's a good bit of that, obviously, posturing and whatnot going on at clubs and bars and things like that. And so, yeah, he, he's definitely, you know, speaking to that kind of vibe here in, in, yeah. in this, in this you know, section. Yes, and she definitely passes the, the, the lights test, you know, when the lights go on at the end of the night, when they're going to close it, close up the, the club. Um, yep. She passes the test with flying colors. And so, and it's just funny how he uh, has to backtrack, you know, when he says, took a whole hour. And then he's like, oh, never mind. Did I say an hour? My face is red. I stand corrected. So he's like kind of apologizing. Not really, but kind of apologizing. (laughs) Yeah, no, he, he, he definitely, you know, real quick, you know, flips, flips the switch and is like, oh, I think I made a mistake here. So, you know, yeah, you're definitely, you know. You're definitely still gorgeous, and you know, let's uh, continue on here. Yep, and then we get after that kind of fun little verse. Um, you know, for all the reasons we already spoke to, we get the the chorus again, which is of course Sheena and Prince. You've got the look, you've got the hook. You show enough doobie cooking in my book. Face is jamming, body's heck of slamming. Love is good. Let's get to ramming. You got the look, you got the look. Uh, another thing that I was thinking of just now when I was looking at the lyrics of the chorus, the whole hecka slamming thing um, kind of sounds a little bit like self-censorship in some ways, which to me also points to the theory that this was meant to be a single from, from day one, you know, from the get go, like this was designed to be a single, I'm going to write a single. And so what's the best way to do that? Don't have to worry about changing any lyrics. Don't have to worry about getting raunchy. I'm going to use words like ramen instead of, you know, much more crude or much more vulgar language. I'm going to say heck slam and not that hell would have been such an awful word to use. Uh, but, you know, it's like he's almost self-censoring in a way, intentional way to ensure that this makes it onto pop radio. Sure. Yeah, it's most certainly, a, again, that definitely speaks to that. Yeah, he's obviously, you know, never shied away for, and, you know, especially, you know, before his career and even, you know, on, you know, this album too, it, you know, where he, you know, he would use obviously, you know, swear words or curse words or vulgar words. And, you know, if they, if they work. And I, again, I, I definitely think it speaks to that where he wanted to hit and, you know, he just rather than he was almost self-censoring, like you said. And I think too, you know, I forgot to mention this earlier in the first part of the course, but slam and slam into me, you know, obviously just drives home the baseball, you know, the world series of love thing. Um, a little more too, you know, I, I think that kind of connects in some way. I may be loosely, but, uh, you know, when your, your body's heck of slamming and he's already kind of set up this baseball metaphor, um, you know, slamming obviously is, you know, 
uh, something that's used a term that's used quite a bit in in baseball. So you know, yeah. that, that to me too is is, is you know a, a word that seems to work in that you know kind of context, just keeping that kind of you know metaphor going. So yeah, yeah, but definitely it's it seems yeah there was a bit of I guess conscious self centering to uh, to make this you know radio friendly. Yeah, and also I think there's a bit of conscious uh, use of of kind of uh, hip hop slang or urban slang using words like jam and slam and sure uh, maybe to start of start to incorporate some of the the slang that he's hearing you know on the radio with some of the more hip hop and rap songs that are starting to bubble up and get, become popular like Run DMC songs or Houdini or whatever and some of the R and B acts that were kind of straddling that line between. Uh, you know, R&B and hip-hop and incorporating some of that language into his music. Um, it, the song doesn't really doesn't really go there, but the incorporation of that just speaks to more of like a, a youthful and um, or, or gives the, the vibes of like this is a song that's intended for uh, the youthful-minded, those who are into, you know, cutting-edge urban music or cutting-edge hip-hop music. Uh, you know, I'm Prince. I can. After my last album was very avant-garde in some ways with my uh, orchestral strings and my uh, black and white movie. And but hey, you know what? I can I can appeal to modern audiences. I can appeal to non-rock audiences. I can I can do that too. And here's here's some examples of that. It definitely has that you know vibe to it as, as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those, yeah, all those songs, I mean, you know, where, you know, hip hop was, you know, rap hip hop definitely was starting to uh, creep its way into, uh, you know, the, the upper echelons of the, the top 40 at that point as well. So, you know, being kind of the yep. musical polyglot that Prince was, I'm sure that didn't, uh, you know, fall on deaf ears with him. So that seems like, yeah. you know, a reasonable conclusion there. Yeah, just a thought, just adding some of that language into his lexicon and into his lyrics just seems like a. A smart thing, or just a—I wouldn't say calculated, but certainly just something that he maybe a choice he made, intentional choice he made. Um, all right, so then we go back to the kind of this same interlude that we had with lyrics before. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the dream we all dream of. The way it's done is pretty interesting. Like the music kind of drops out, and you just have, well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the dream we all dream of. And then we get, of course, Sheena's, oh, please, boy versus girl in the World Series of Love, slamming. So this is always a little bit fun just because you get the interplay again between Prince and Sheena. And then the video, she kind of dismisses it because he's like standing up there acting like, uh, you know, he's. God's gift to women, and you know he's got cat fighting for him. He's got Sheena's interest, and but she's also playing hard to get in some ways, and definitely not necessarily. I mean, she's she's intrigued by his character in the in the video, intrigued by him, interested in him, but also aware enough that he's pretty full of himself, <laughs> and this you know acting like this is the dream we all dream of, and and I just like her. Oh please, kind of exasperated. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a again a fun little kind of uh, entry or a little addition to it. You know, it's yeah, you know, you're not so great, buddy. You know, just get on with your spiel here and yeah. let's go. You know, yep. yeah, get, get on with the wooing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Do your do your little peacock dance and let's you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's essentially you're what not it that is. impressive. Let's go and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's a peacock dance for sure. And in the video, he's wearing like this. A feathery big, kind of thing, yeah. Definitely. Exactly, this big yeah. furry feathery yeah. jacket, whatever and, it is. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it even the the physical attributes that he portrays in the in the video match that. There's definitely a bit of that, yeah, no, no doubt.
Alright, so then the next verse really isn't different. It's kind of a lot of the same lyrics that we've already got. But we, what we have is, again, Prince singing lead and then Sheena following up with the lines, the same lines. But just using it in, in um, first person instead of third person. So he says, you walked in, I woke up, you woke up. And never seeing such a pretty girl look so tough, baby. You got that look. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Color you peach and black. Color me taken aback. Baby, crucial. I think I want you. So those are all the same lyrics that we got. So really, again, it's just about the presentation and just about the fun interplay between the two voices. Yep, very much so. Yeah, it's, yeah just a, you know, an interesting, you know, retread of, you know, what we've already spoke about. But yeah, a little phrased a little differently. And yeah, you got more of the, the back and forth interplay between the two, two, you know, distinct voices. Mm hmm. And then we go into the chorus again, which I won't read for a third time. Before I, we get I, I to... like hearing you say hecka slamming, though. <laughs> okay. Your body's hecka slamming. <laughs> All right, I said it. <laughs> um, but what's cool about the outro, I always like the, the way the song ends. Because he does repeat the line, here we are, folks, the dream we all dream of. He doesn't say boy versus girl, world series of love again. He just says, here we are, folks, the dream we all dream of. And the right, image that kind of the get, wailing guitar and yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're at this point, we know the song is ending, and this is kind of like the outro, and they repeat, You got the look again. But I can't, whenever I hear those lines now, because the, the music video is just so iconic to me, is you got the image of Prince standing at the so at this stage in the video, Kat has kind of won, like she drags him away, she drags she, him off, yeah, yeah, she like literally drags him away, like you know, cavewoman style. And uh, and she takes him up to the top of the, the risers up there at the stage. And the two of them are standing at the top. And you just get the silhouette. Cat's flexing her muscles, you know, like like she's won. She's won this battle. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and you got the you got the the wind machine blowing through their 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 hair and their clothes. Yeah, and it lo it looks like flames almost. I mean, intentionally, I'm sure. And you know, it's it's not, but it, it gives you that impression that it's kind of you know. At least in my mind, I always kind of thought it, you know, looked more like, you know, like this fiery kind of, you know, at the mountaintop. Yeah, but it is, a, you know, quite, I can't not, you know, when I hear the song, you can't not think of that. I, I at least, you know, I, it, it's hard not to, especially with the way the, you know, whatever that, you know, it sounds like, you know, keyboards at the end kind of, there's that weird kind of, you know, kind of fade out or crescendo in a sense. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, you know. And, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it just crystallized again in your mind, you know, that the, 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 the music and the image, you know, just work so perfectly together. It's, it's hard not to think of them that way. Yeah, uh, I agreed. And that's that's why the music video for me is, is so intertwined with the song. I just saw it so many times growing up. I almost saw this music video just as much as anything off Purple Rain, to be quite honest with you. Um, this was everywhere. It certainly um, was. Yeah, mo most certainly. And, you know, I was a little older, so I was watching MTV maybe more often in 1987 than I was in 84. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I mean, I was pretty much addicted to that channel for most of the 80s. So, um, yeah, it's just part of my childhood. And that's why even though this song for many is, is not one of his strongest um, compositions from a lyrical standpoint, I'll always it's always going to be endearing to me because of how how it's so this is sign of the times to me as a kid this was this represented sign of the times along with the title track these were the songs that defined sign of the times for me and I know that over time I became you know much more a fan of additional songs off of the sprawling album that we ended up getting but um, for the longest time you got the look was like the quintessential sign of the time song like ask me what is the song that you think of when you think of the album i would have said this and uh, it's just because of its ubiquity and because of its um the fun video that i always saw and enjoyed i enjoyed it every time i saw it i enjoy it today so you got the look is is a great song in my mind in my mind as well you know i said my um enduring memory of it though and you know beyond the, the video and and the song itself really i you know i remember this distinctly it was uh the, you know 
my high, first year of well, my junior year, the first dance at our school, we we called them socials. They had them every every you know like the first Friday of of every month during the school year, and um, the DJ played. And this is the first time I had heard it. The the twelve inch cut, the longer look, you know, the the six minute whatever it is, six minute fourteen seconds or however long it is version of uh, you got to look and you know, kind of being blown away by it, you know, and, and just looking at, I remember it was, it was like a movie shot almost looking out over the crowd and there's all these silhouettes of, you know, just people, you know, hands in the air, people dancing, that kind of thing. You know, I'll always kind of remember that while, you know, and the lights are pulsing and that whole deal it was very eighties iconic kind of thing. Look again, looks like it's something, you know, in my mind, at least it was ripped from a, a movie, but hearing the, you know, the extended version of the song, for the first time was pretty cool too. I had no idea, you know, there was such a thing and, you know, at the time. So you know, mm-hmm. hearing that in September of 1987, I believe, uh, was, was, you know, kind of blew me away. And I was like, oh, I have to find this, this, you know, this longer version, you know, I even went up and like asked the DJ and he like showed me it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, you know, I had, I had no luck finding it though in any record stores or anything like that. So, but, you know, knowing it was out there and radio obviously, you know, I didn't really play the, the longer extended versions of no. those songs a lot of times. So that was, you know, one one big takeaway and one, you know, enduring memory beyond even the video that'll always kind of stick out in my mind with this with this song. Cool. Yeah. The long look is great. That's uh it's a it's my actually my preferred version of the song. Um so I'm glad we now I mean I had it on the twelve inch vinyl version, but that was bought, you know, years, years after the fact, not in 1987. So yeah, I, I have it now too. But again, in 1987, I could not find it. Like you know, and I would go to, you know, Sam Goody or or whatever, you know, the the big record store chains at the time, and you know, they'd look at me like I had 12 heads, you know. So, you know, well, I can yeah. have I, we have this album. It's like no, it's not that album. I know that album. I, okay, fine. <laughs> Yeah, Thank things you, are useless record store clerk. Thank you. <laughs> things weren't quite as easy to find back then. It's like you couldn't just go on Discogs or eBay. Yeah, or right. I, there's no internet. I couldn't just Google it and you know have somebody ship it to me. You know, like two seconds, I would find it on eBay or yeah or whatever. And you yeah. know, that's not you know that didn't exist in 1987, unfortunately. But yeah, so there you go. Yeah, and we I guess, have it now. Yeah. And I, another tangential kind of little story, I guess, is more about Sheena Easton. Um, I remember this was a few years later when she put out the, um, I guess it was like the early 90s when she put out the, the Lover and Me um, album and song. I, I think that there was, the, I know that was the the, the the single. I'm pretty sure that was the album too. Um, my, my father actually got to see her like live. Um and my father wasn't like, you know, he was very kind of, how do you want to say, almost not quite the the, the Reagan Republican kind of thing, but he was very much of that, that ilk. And um, hearing him like talk about how awesome she was and like, you know, they, they, he, it was some, they, she played some corporate thing and, you know, he did not that he wanted to go. It was just like they had, you know, some corporate event. And uh, I remember him talking about her like in these glowing terms and, you know, how sexy she was essentially because she was really especially for that album seemed to be kind of really you know upping that ante a bit and you know kind of sexing it up a bit um if i don't know if you remember the song or the video but it's pretty um you know it's definitely got that vibe it takes Mm -hmm. you know and my father to sit there and say talk about you know in these glowing terms about sheena easton and how you know how gorgeous she was and blah 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 and he even had like that i don't know if they just gave it to him for free but you know gave him the cassette you know and um you know, he did. Even I was like, I was like, Dad. You know, I mean, she has a great voice. Did you, you know, did she sing any of her other songs? I mean, you know, did she? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I was just watching her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, Dad. Yeah. All right. So, what are you doing on these corporate retreats or these corporate? What's going on? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Where were you going? You know, with this and, but yeah, just hearing that from him and talking about her in those terms and. You know, it just uh, kind of drove home, obviously, a lot of what's going on. And, you know, at least starting with, you know, her collaborations with Prince and Sugar Walls. And then you got to look. And then I don't think Prince had any, any involvement in that, you know, era of her career. But, you know, she definitely took that, took those small steps with Prince and then kind of really upped the ante with uh, the lover and me. And, you know, my straight-laced father was uh, 
was right on top of that. He didn't miss that either. And it was just funny to hear him talk about her like that because he just typically didn't do the that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually going to Google The Lover in Me right now. I want to see what songs were on that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he had any involvement, Prince had any involvement with it. But it almost well, sounds more like... like um, the two guys from the time got kicked out of the time and Terry Lewis yeah. and Jimmy Jam. It sounds Jimmy like, Lewis, um, yeah. you know, it sounds like something of their production because it sounds almost like a Janet Jackson type song of that, like that early 90s kind of vibe. Well, he, so here's the thing. So uh, close, it was L.A. Reed and Babyface. Well, there you go. They, the yeah, production. they were pretty much the same deal. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, they had a very similar style in many respects, but, um, you know, kind of like the New Jack Swing style. But Prince did, he, that's is the album that had um, 101 on it. So that okay. was that was Prince. So he did have two songs that he wrote that were, ended up on this album, 101 and a song called Cool Love. The rest were mostly Babyface um, and uh, L.A. Reid. So there was some other some other songwriters producers but you know prince had a little bit of there you go yeah see i didn't realize that but yeah. if, you, if you watch the video it's definitely you know it takes that kind of sexy vibe to the next kind of level as much as you could um, in that era you know it's very uh you know how should we say it? grindy and sweaty a little bit <laughs> and <yeah. laughs> got a bit right. of that going on and yeah yeah, I didn't. I, I 101, I've only heard briefly, um, like here and there. I, I, I but the it's other one, good song, you should check yeah. it out. It's pretty good. And what the cool love, yeah, that one doesn't strike a, a chord in, in or a bell in any any way. So, yeah, there you go. I, I learned something new today. Cool, <laughs> that's the whole point, right? <laughs> or, yep. or not, whatever. I don't know. The whole point is actually to decide, dissect uh, Prince lyrics. But if you learn something along the way, then that's a bonus, definitely. Okay, well, we have kind of reached the end of the song. Not much more to talk about in terms of lyrical content. Uh, anything that you wanted to um, talk about beyond that? Anything else you wanted to, to say to the listeners, or are you good? I'm good, yeah. I mean, I pretty much added my you know little anecdotes about, you know, Shinny Easton and you know my my particular memories of this song, you know, you know being at the uh, you know the old high school dance type thing and you know, trying to at that point, you know, acquire the 12 inch version, which I didn't really even know existed until I heard it, you know, there. So only those two things really are the only things I would have to add. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Um, Thanks for that. And thanks for joining me again on this episode, Jerry. Thank you for having me, Jason. And it's always a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to uh, my next uh, visit. Cool. All right. Well, thanks to the listeners. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show. Uh, you can actually follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or follow the show on any one of those uh, social media platforms. You can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio. It's pretty much everywhere. If you Google it, you can find the show, or you could either... Um, Try to find it on PressRewind.net, my, my blog that I maintain. And I also have started to put episodes on YouTube. I'm, I'm not up to Sign of the Times yet, since I have to scrub the, the Prince music out of the episodes before I upload it to YouTube. YouTube but... has a problem with that? What? <laughs> yeah, shocking, right? <laughs> it used to be just Prince who used to go through and, and strike people. <laughs> uh, you know, no, it's I don't, the I don't whole, think the, uh... everything's copyright. Strike. Yeah like seconds after I uploaded my first time trying to do it with the Prince music. And it was like, Nope, we detect copywritten music. You have to take this down. So it's like, all right. YouTube's not have they're, they've become very, uh, how should we say it? I don't know. They're very strict. We'll just very, very fascist. Yeah. And in that kind of thing, I mean, I get it, you know, people, you know, want to whatever, but, uh, it's, you know, I don't know anymore. It's, I, I it, it's, I guess it. Well, when I, you know, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. But you know, everyone thinks, you know, and especially your younger generations think everything is free because of the internet. And well, why can't I use this? And what's, what's a copyright? And you know, a lot of people get, you know, that get up in arms about it in that way. And YouTube's just, you know, protecting, you know, people's rights. I mean, ultimately. Yeah. So. 
Yep, you got to play the game. So got to play the game, man. I'm playing the game. I'm scrubbing Prince's uh, the music that I insert into the episodes before I upload. Uh, so it just takes a little bit longer to get those up. And uh, since I also just recently started doing that, but anyway, you could find the show on YouTube as well. And um, happy to to you know listen to or hear anybody's thoughts on any of the songs that I've done thus far. Thanks to all the listeners. Uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes if you listen to podcasts in that manner. It always helps the show. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.